0: Welcome to the Member Engagement Show with Higher Logic, the podcast for association professionals looking to boost retention, gain new members, and deepen member involvement. Each episode, I'll bring on some experts, we'll talk shop about engagement, and you'll walk away with strategies proven to transform your organization. I'm Beth Arrett, an association evangelist with over 25 years experience in marketing and member engagement, and I'm so happy you're here. Now let's start the show. Welcome back to the Member Engagement Show. Today, we have a special guest all the way from down under. And don't, don't worry, I won't start singing. Um, Ashley Baker is the Executive Director for NIAG Asia Pacific. Ashley also has extensive experience in events management. Thanks for being here, Ashley, especially as early as it is down there right now. Oh, Beth, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to
1: be here and have a chance to talk with you and share a little bit about what's happening in um, Asia Pacific these days. So yeah. thanks for having me.
0: I'm, I'm For those of you who don't know, Ashley and I met through NIAG AP, and I am now on the board there, and I'm loving every second of working with her. She is quite the dynamo. I kind of feel like she single-handedly put on that discovery conference in Asia Pacific.
1: Thanks, Beth. It, well, it wasn't all by myself. I've got a great board and great volunteers who really support me and help make everything happen here at NIOG Asia Pacific, but it has been a pleasure working with you, and I feel like we've got such a great dynamic, too, um, Beth. Sits on our board and helps with uh, our marketing, and she's just brought so many great ideas. Um, in particular, all the refreshing stuff that's happening at that Higher Logic, she's been able to help share and
0: help us grow as a organization as well. So it's been really fun. Also, I love that our like meetings turn into four hour conversations sometimes. So <laughs> <There is that. laughs> yes, I,
1: I I do too. They're always, but we we get a we get a lot done, and we talk oh, we about <laughs> so many different things that you just. It's like by the time we're done, I'm like, oh my God, we've covered like my laundry list of stuff. And and I feel like we're in a much better place by the time we're done. So it's always good.
0: (laughs) It's always so much fun. So it's fun to geek out about marketing and member engagement. I love this stuff. So
1: exactly. It's a it's a niche audience for people who are marketers, event planners, member engagement folks. It's we we all pretty much work on the same vein. And so you can just go and, and chat about the same stuff, whereas like you know,
0: somebody in a different department might be like, I don't know what you're talking about, but that's <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting too, and we're going to talk a little bit about this, how much is similar between what's going on uh, up here in North America and down in Australia and New Zealand and the whole Asia Pacific area, but then what things are vastly different in some ways too. So our members, no matter where they are in the world, are burnt out associations across the globe have been working with less than ideal conditions so the question becomes you know how can we stay engaged how can we engage members how can we revamp our programming in 2022 to stay fresh um so you can just answer all of that with one word right (laughs) (laughs) um
1: my answer with one word is going to be engagement um, to compensate for burnout. Yes. There you go.
0: <laughs> well, so, okay. So let's talk about the situation. Let's start with that. Why are people burnt out? You know, how, Why are they burnt out and how is it manifesting itself through associations? I think it's a lot of different factors and it's been, the world's been
1: turned upside down for the last couple of years. And in particular, I personally think it probably has a lot to do with the uncertainty. I know that association-wide in Asia Pacific, but also most likely in the U.S. and around the world, people were thinking 2022 might be the year that you know we could get back to things, get back to in-person, get back to some of our normal routines. And Omicron came and surprised us all uh, just before the holidays and kind of took all of those plans that associations were making for 2022 and turned them on their head and forced us to to look at things differently. So it's like we're back to the beginning again almost. And it seems like that's been a cycle that we've been going through, particularly here in Australia um, over the last couple of years because we've been in and out of a couple of lockdowns. And I know the same has been true for New Zealand as well. So, you know, one day you're in the office and you're planning in-person events and you're planning a whole bunch of different activities that you might do across the country. And the next day you're out of the office back home, back to working from home. And so, you know, although I think for the most part people have been pretty cautious down here in terms of offices and employees working from home um, and, you know, not necessarily going back to the office right of the way that as we come out of lockdowns but it's just been this back and forth. And I think that's caused a lot of the the burnout, you know, people, you're planning in one direction, and then you get yanked in another direction. And I know, as a as an event planner, you know, you always have a plan A, a plan B, a plan C, and you can fit things around. But usually things go to plan A, most of the time, occasionally things go and it just seems like everything we do these days, feels like it's plan ABC all the way down to the end of the alphabet. And that we're just kind of Still re readjusting shifting the things the tables keep shifting all the time, and
0: I think that's a, a big contributing factor. I, I do love that it's Omicron because you know, usually you go through the alphabet and then you start with the Greek alphabet, and then that's that's about where the plan is right now. We've made it through the alphabet and we're about two thirds of the way through the Greek alphabet. I do so, know i mean for for the listeners um in the u s and North America, lockdown down there means a little bit something a little bit different than it does here. Here it kind of means you're expected to somewhat stay in your house and only go out when it's necessary, but I know some of the lockdowns down your way have been vastly different. Yeah, look, I think
1: it, it's Australia and and New Zealand. They, you know, they're, they're different countries with different ways of operating and put different plans in place based on your geographical location and the the spread of of COVID. But I think the other thing too to keep in mind for North American listeners is that the, our vaccination process was slightly delayed is not the right word, but didn't happen as early as it did in, in the U.S. And so, you know, you were looking at countries where people were predominantly unvaccinated and, you know, the Delta variant broke out versus in the U.S. I think it, it was it was a different dynamic in, in that sort of sense. But lockdown, you know, I, I do think and I would definitely give it to all of our associations, not-for-profits down down here in Asia Pacific, because I think everyone's done a really excellent job. But as soon as 2020 hit, and as soon as lockdown happened, the first the first go round, everyone did an excellent job of just gearing up and being able to make it um, effective and efficient for their staff to be able to you know safely and productively work from home. And I know it was hard, particularly for you know. Those with kids or um, multiple other people in the house, because you're you're trying to jostle for for space for everyone to be in their Zoom meetings, and you know trying to help your kindergartner figure out how to get into their online classroom can be a challenge. And so there, it's been quite a lot. And I think the lockdowns of 2021 for um, Sydney in particular, but also Melbourne as well, um, were just hard because I think it it's restrictive in the sense of your movements you know and it's restrictive in the sense of what you can do and it was it was quite isolating in the sense that you couldn't really do a lot of socially distant outdoor group activities so you were limited to to one person which is all understandable but you know humans are are social beings and and i think just another long stretch of that was was hard on the workforce and it's hard Within management, because not all managers are created equal, in the sense that, like, if you if you don't have a strong leader who's bringing fun and excitement and levity to the situation, and it's just day in day out at your computer, when you're used to you know chatting to your neighbor next to you or getting lunch with a colleague, or you know even going to a networking event to meet new people in your industry, it really it kind of takes a toll on you. All that time being locked up in your house.
0: Yeah, agreed. And I think that's something that everybody has found across the globe too is that just being alone is not what you thought. All those times that people say, oh, I just want to go sit on a desert island for a while. I think everybody right now is like, oh, no, I really don't. Uh, And I also find that a lot of people don't fare as well in meetings, video, like video meetings and online meetings as others do personally. I never feel a huge difference between a video meeting and meeting somebody in person because uh, I yeah. just it just hit me that you and I've actually ever, never met in person. No, we, <laughs> I we, we like haven't. I haven't. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like we spent hours just hanging out because of all the video calls. And to me, I don't feel any difference. I engage the same way. I feel the same kind of energy, but I've had conversations with a lot of people who say they don't and it's just so much more draining and you get so much more burnout from doing the video calls all day.
1: No, I would, I would agree with that in the sense, and it, you know, it really depends person to person, right? And I've talked to a number of colleagues or even friends of mine who, who are introverts, who, who are loving this life right now. And I will put a caveat in here that I'm like an extreme extrovert who, you know, loves to, to be around people in, in large groups. So um, for me, it's particularly challenging. However, I think, you know, like, like you said, you and I have had multiple meetings, multiple interactions, and it's all been via Zoom um, or online. And I feel like I know you in person. And the same, I would say, is true for like a lot of our members that I meet with. I do regular coffee chats with our membership, just just a casual check-in. And I I think that's maybe a place where people are, I don't want to say missing the mark, but could add that into their online dynamics that can combat that burnout is, you know, it can't just be all business or you have to find ways different, different audiences need different things. And so your means of engagement needs to adjust accordingly for who you're engaging with. Cause I've spoken to the same people that like that same feedback that you had in the sense that people are, I just, you know, I don't want to be on the computer. I don't get anything out of this. I'm completely drained at the end of the day or drained after an hour and you know I think I think there's there's more work to be done in the way that we run things online to help combat that burnout and to help break things up to make it to make it a different experience for people because although it works for a few it doesn't work for all.
0: Agreed. I mean one of the things they did for Superform here last this or last year I guess now that I loved was the DJ. They had this DJ in between sessions. And so it was kind of like everybody was at a dance party in between the sessions and it kind of kept the energy up and it kept uh, people in the environment instead of like going off to check their mail or disappearing and getting lost and not coming back and things like that. It was just such a great experience.
1: That's so fun. See, that brings a different kind of energy and breaks up the monotony of an online meeting just with
0: just a little addition like that. Little things mean a lot, isn't that like a commercial or something?
1: It probably
0: is. I think it yeah. Uh, so, with that in mind, what other things do you think that associations should be doing or adding this year to stay fresh for the members? And, you know, programs, benefits, having a DJ, anything like that.
1: There's a lot to be looking at, and I've had this conversation multiple times already at the start of this year because, as I mentioned earlier, you know, especially here in Asia Pacific, we were really hoping. To get back to in-person things this year, I know that that's a big, um, a big push that a lot of our members are asking for. A lot of our partners are interested, and I know we're interested in when it's when it's safe and possible to do so. And I think, you know, now that we're looking at you know yet another extension of this virtual world, we're trying to come up with creative, new, um, programming, especially more short content programming, because I think. Hour-long webinars are great when you're doing a deep dive into, you know, some technical content or things like that. But you know, short, sweet content I think is is a new market that people will be exploring in the year ahead. I know some people were already doing that last year, um, but just ways to still engage with your members, still get information and programming and learning and development out there, but. Break it up so that it isn't this. I know when I need to do online training or online learning, the thought of having to sit in front of my computer for an hour to do a training that like doesn't have any breaks in it is not enjoyable to me personally. And so that short, sweet, you know, approachable content. And the other thing I would say too, is looking at different ways to infuse online networking, you know, whether it be, webinars with a mix that's maybe more like a workshop setup. So you've got, you know, a presenter and an expert on a topic, but then you've got breakouts and ways for people to connect with each other. You can, you know, there's so many options for breakout rooms and all these online meeting platforms. There's options for like speed networking and a variety of different things. So ways that you can get people to start interacting online without making it a component where people have to come prepared with a presentation or where people have to do much other than show up and then just talk about what their experiences are. Um, So that's a a big thing, I think. And that's something that we're looking at as NIOG for this year too, is how can we refresh, re-engage, and bring some fun and excitement to the online virtual world in a way that we haven't over the last couple of years, just to keep things, you know, new and exciting. And, and again, back to combating that, that burnout.
0: Do you think from some of those things that there are new member benefits?
1: Yeah, look, I think that's definitely something that we've been looking at. And I know others have been looking that at that as well, as an association or a member organization, I think you should always be looking at your member benefits and revamping them accordingly. Times change rather rapidly these days. And, you know, what was relevant even just a couple of years ago isn't necessarily relevant or, or the right membership benefits to be considering these days. Whereas, you know, I, I think there's always an opportunity in and one should always be looking at their membership benefits. I know we've been looking at some different member benefits in terms of, you know, are we offering enough? Do we need to offer more? Who can we collaborate with to extend our member benefits? That's a big opportunity, particularly in a virtual world. So if you've got partnerships with other organizations, um, that's one thing that we have going on at NIOG is one of our partners also runs learning and development and educational courses. And we've partnered with them with causes to offer access to, to one of their classes as one of our member benefits. And so I think that's a great way to extend your own offerings to a wider network, but also to create a more collaborative community and i think that's probably an area in which people and organizations could be looking at new member benefits is you know pe- you know staff are burnt out and associations and not for profits are tapped out in terms of their capacity of what they're doing and i think by now we've probably all come to realize that online events are as much work if not more work than in person events but how can we collaborate with others to extend benefits where it's an addition to the member, but it's not any extra work on, on the staff or the organization hosting, I think is probably a, a space in an area. And it's probably a very business-minded perspective, but not-for-profit employees, they work hard. They work really hard. And you know it's, it's important to be mindful of that and their workload as well.
0: And that leads perfectly into another question, which is what do associations need to do for their staff to help them want to stick around? Engagement with your staff is just as important as
1: engagement with your members. It's, it's been a hard couple of years for for not-for-profit and association employees. And we all know the statistics about that world anyways, that the average employee leaves about every you know 18 months or so. And so, I really think that having open communication, open dialogue with your teams and with your with your managers and um, your middle managers and and everyone involved in the process to make sure that your your staff are are engaged, that they're and that they're happy in their workplace, you know, and listening to your staff is an important part of that. So, I think having regular retreats, and maybe that's not the word you want to use, you could call it a forum, you could call it a a check-in, you could call it any any sort of thing. I know that's that's a tool that I've always used and engaged in when working in the not-for-profit and association sphere, but really making sure that you're in step with your employees and with your teams to have goals for the year ahead, but also make sure that, you know, they're goals that, that your staff are buying into, that they support, that maybe they've presented and brought up and proposed to you themselves. Um, so I, I guess the biggest thing I'm probably trying to say is listening from the bottom up rather than the top down is a is a great way to ensure that you're going to end up with staff who stick around, people who are engaged, you know, but, and yeah. also making sure you have social social engagements too, you know. I know we live in this virtual world, but there's online trivia, there's online happy hour, there's different crafting activities you can do online, all sorts of stuff, or when you can, or when you're able, encouraging your staff to get together with another staff member who's close by, if that's possible, you know, just to grab a coffee, break up the the heavy feeling of work, and just have light conversations.
0: Yeah, I like that. I think those are good ideas. I, I will say the one of the staff things that we've done here that I thought was a lot of fun was basically a staff version of family feud. It was so much fun. I was like, I don't know how this is going to work. It was something you could do like you, I don't remember who founded our organization but it was a lot of fun. There are a lot of cool ideas and like little pop-up businesses that have come out of the the pandemic that you can find if you start looking and things like that are different and they're fun and they're engaging. And they kind of make it easier for different types of people because a lot of times introverts have just as much trouble coming out of their shell online, if not more, when in the face with a video camera. It's one thing to be talking or be chatting on a computer where no one can hear or see you. But when you're looking at yourself in the reflection in the camera, I know. There are some people who are introverts who get very self-conscious and don't want to participate in things like that. But when you do an activity like that, it just kind of takes that away. Whether it's members or staff, activities like that engage people and they forget to look at themselves and they're they're paying attention and they're having fun and they forget all about that.
1: I think you're completely right on that front, and and it takes the focus off of you know all these faces on on the screen and puts it on you know I I went to an online virtual wine tasting. Um, and it was great because the winery and the, the host was, was the focal point and the rest of us were just there tasting, tasting the wine. And it was really kind of a great opportunity for those who wanted to be more vocal and, and talking, you know, discuss they could. And for those who were just there to enjoy the experience, but we all had a shared experience and we all, you know, so it's something that, you know, when we do get together next, or we can, we see each other in person, whether it be online or, or whatnot, We've we've had that experience together and and we can talk about it.
0: Was that some sort of new smell and taste vision technology that no one heard of yet?
1: <laughs> No, it actually required that the winery shipped you bottles of wine. So it was a pre-planned activity. I would love it if there could be um, online. online. I mean, think about the possibilities. You could do online cookie baking, online chocolate making, oh. online wine tasting.
0: Uh, now I want wine. Let's talk a little bit more about the whole idea of what a good friend and colleague of mine, Viv surchensky Hall's snackable content, because you talked a little bit about that short form content and how popular that's getting. But you know, what are ways that you can sort of stay creative and make that stand out? I know I will give you one just for a moment. We just started this week releasing uh, something called Deliverability Manners with Amanda. And it's a one minute or so clip with Amanda DeLuke, who is one of our deliverability specialists. Uh, just giving one little deliverability tip. It's on YouTube. You don't even have to be a member. It's it's out there for anyone. But it's just one little one minute thing where you can stop and say, "Oh, okay," and change how you're doing your marketing a little bit and get better deliverability results. How do you stay creative and come up with things like that when you're so burnt out in some respects, or you're inundated with the same creative stuff? Everybody's got the same list. Sure. No problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, um, I think like, I, sometimes I
1: think it's a matter of going with your gut in terms of like, especially for those in the marketing event planning space, like you just randomly get these creative ideas that you're just like, Oh, well, what if we did this random thing? Would that be a possibility? Things like one thing I'm thinking about for us is member interviews, just short, sweet interviews to bring, cause we're a user group and to focus on the user story. And bring the user story to everyone, and and to share it a little bit more in a virtual setting. You know, same same with our partners. I want to do do some interviews and and you know just get people to get to know people, break down those barriers. And you know that was kind of one of those random ideas that that came to me. But you know, it's something as simple as what we're doing now, like a, a podcast, and it doesn't have to be a long podcast. It could be a short podcast. It could be a short video clip, like you mentioned that you guys are doing at Higher Logic. I guess what I would say is don't be afraid to explore those crazy ideas that pop into your head. That you're like, oh, well, maybe, maybe we could try this, and then try things. That's the other thing is, you know, obviously don't don't go wild and crazy, but you know, if you've got an idea and you think it's got some legs, why not give it a go? Give it the support it needs, and and see where it takes you. It it might just be that short snackable content that you're that you're looking for. Um, And then the other thing I would say too, is make sure that you're talking to other people within the industry or within the association not for profit realm, because collaborative ideas are also a great place to come up with, you know, those new creative, fresh ideas, or it can give you inspiration, you might see what another association or not-for-profits doing and get some inspiration to maybe not do the same thing that they're doing, but create your own version of short interviews, short webinar content, short engaging videos, any, anything like that. Sorry, that was a bit of a long-winded answer for that one.
0: No, that but, that's, it, there was good stuff there though. Yeah. I mean, long-winded is fine when there's good stuff in there. You make a great point. We are at a time right now where there is definitely a shift in the type of content and the desire for what that content needs to be. We were already headed there with, you know, the internet accelerating the pace of everything and shortening everyone's attention spans. And I think the amount of burnout from the pandemic combined with a real need by associations and companies for something different to get people's attentions has created this, unique point in time where there's such a license to be creative in ways that you really don't have before really haven't had before it's been very much oh okay well we need to know if this is going to work and if it's already tried and true and now it's okay let's play with it let's see what's going to happen let's figure out what metrics we're going to look at and we want it to do but then let's try it and see if it works Um, that's where the deliverability manners thing came from and um, it's been super fun to do. I mean, it helps that we have a deliverability person who's really fun and and engaging and great on camera. But I think that a lot of associations have a lot of members who are really good at this stuff and can come across very authentic and genuine, which is what works. Um, particularly if you're going on social route, that's what works, right? Completely, and it's it's funny. Well, I, I have
1: uh, long been wanting to get on TikTok for, um, either for, for Niagara, for previous associations that I, that I worked for. Um, but I am not that like camera ready person (laughs) in that, in that sense, but it's amazing, you know, when it comes, you know, any of the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, like pick your poison, but they all like, short, engaging content and that's where most people are these days. So I mean that's another thing that I didn't mention earlier, but is a direction that we're going as an organization is looking at a member app because people are on their phones these days. And so that's another key component of not only having fun, light, engaging content, but making it accessible to people in a place that they're regularly engaging as well.
0: That's the thing. You need to be where your members are or doesn't matter what you put out. I found I saw the funniest thing today. I saw um, an ad for a conference in London about mobile apps, talking about how mobile apps need email or need an email component. And I was like, "Oh my god, we're coming for full circle, <laughs> <laughs> full circle back to email." Full circle. I can't,
1: I can't mobile wait till the day. Email,
0: but- and then they need a website to guide people to. <laughs> We've come full uh, circle, my friends. Next thing you know, they'll be like, and you need paper, pen and paper. And it's true. <laughs> it's true. They're not they not it's wrong. True. It's absolutely true. All of those things really should exist in your ecosystem. Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah. Because then you can be where your email, your um your be where your emails are. You can be where your members are. And um anyone who will let me talk about it for more than five seconds knows know that I'm a huge fan of RSS. Because RSS does allow you to send your stuff, whatever you put out, so many different places. You can syndicate yourself all over the place with RSS and automate 99% of it. Uh, And that's another component of it.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think it's so important to, there's so many different factors to think about, but being where your members are, getting the right messaging in front of the right audience, it's all a perfectly orchestrated, you know, collaboration of all these different Components coming together.
0: It's like anything; you need to be well-rounded.
1: That—that's definitely the lesson that we've learned over the last uh, the last couple of years. Is you know making sure that you're well-rounded, that you're, you know, dotting all your i's and crossing all your t's, and delivering knew- a, across a wide scope.
0: <laughs> I know all the snacking and lack of exercise I've done has definitely made me well-rounded. <laughs> yes well uh, look I think that
1: you know if we haven't said it today I think a component of the beating the burnout and maintaining the engagement stuff too is to encourage your your staff your members you know when you're doing online stuff like make sure you have those breaks too you know tell people to get off the screen and go outside
0: the worst I think the worst ones sometimes are when you go into like a three-hour training or something and they're like all right well if you need to go use the restroom or whatever, um, just turn off your screen for a minute. And therefore you're like, okay, so I really feel like I can't because I can't miss anything. Yeah, exactly. Like I'll come back yeah. and be like, wait, what did I miss? I'm like, plan, just like you do with a regular event, back to the event planner and both of us, just like you do with a regular event, plan for breaks. People need mental breaks. Next to last question, I promise. What do you do to stay inspired because you are always so positive and peppy and happy even when you've worked a 15-hour day because you were trying to get discovery out the door and ready to go. So what do you do to stay in- inspired? What drives you? I think for
1: me and a big part of of that is is my members. It's it's other people. Like I really enjoy connections with with the people that I work with with the, with our volunteers with our partners and so a big a big part of that driving factor for me is just that community connection and knowing that you know even when I'm working long hours or you know things are hectic in the lead up to a to a big conference or a big event i guess it's that reward of of delivering member benefits uh, relevant events and conferences and all and all of the content and programming that we do for the community and then seeing how that helps improve the lives of of our members and helps improve the ways of working for all of the IMIS users out there that's probably like my big motivation along with you know making sure that i'm also taking those breaks getting outside doing things you know and having those engagement pieces wherever wherever you can and and i guess the other thing is like work doesn't have to be so work it can be fun it can be enjoyable you can have great conversations with your board members for hours about anything and everything under the sun including work um so i think just bringing a little bit of fun and a little bit of excitement to
0: everything you do i mean like i said work Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) No, I was just gonna say, I think that's one of the reasons why we have such productive long conversations is that we both have that same mentality of work doesn't have to be plotting work. It can be, you can have fun and you can kind of, when you're having fun and you've got those endorphins or whatever from laughing about stuff or from, you know, having shared, sharing experiences and things like that. That's, I think, a lot of times where the inspiration hits because you're outside of that space of, Focusing on oh my god, I've got to come up with something to do. I've got to come up with something to do. You're talking about something completely different, but that's when that inspiration often hits. I think that's at least that's how it works with me.
1: It is. It's on that random rift where you're talking about you know the most obscure topics (laughs) that you've gone on a tangent, and then you circle back and you come and those creative ideas happen. Or you know while somebody's mentioning something, that little lightning bolt comes and hits you, and you're like, oh well, okay, well, and then to be able to dialogue and share that with somebody i think is the key component of of making that fun and then growing that little spark of an idea into a campfire and then building it into you know a whole a whole bonfire that can light up the whole community it's in those things and you know pro- look some of it's probably a little bit intrinsic we're both extroverts um i know it's harder for for introverts but it's really important that you're enjoying what you're doing at work. And it's important that you bring creativity to the work that you do. So anywhere and everywhere that you can insert little bits of creativity, even down to like, uh, this is how much of a, a marketing dork I am. I love uh, Pantone colors and playing with colors and design. See, and the, like, Oh my gosh, the purple little. this year,
0: the purple. <laughs> yes. This year, right. So pretty.
1: Exactly. But like, I want, you know, the, I where, want all my walls in that color now.
0: <laughs> I know, I know. Right. It's,
1: but it's like, where can you, where can you bring creativity, some extra energy, some extra engagement, just kind of, I would recommend people spend a couple extra minutes, think about that in terms of the ways that you work and then infuse that, that like positive, fun, Engaging energy into all the things that you do, and then and then it just makes everything, you know, fun and light and and positive.
0: I agree. I mean, even the introverts can plan things like that that they enjoy into their day. I mean, spend five ten minutes playing Wordle, or if you haven't gotten addicted to that, we have to talk. Um, spend spend <laughs> if, you, if you're a little bit artistic, spend five ten minutes doodling, drawing something like that, something that just puts your brain on a completely different path
1: it's important for people to take a look at how they work i think it's important for you know executive and executives and managers to look at the way their company or their organization works and make sure that you know the energy you're all bringing to the table is is one that's fun and refreshing and light and engaging because that's how you're going to get yourself out of that burnout slump or get yourself in a routine that That keeps things fresh and exciting and
0: engaging. And speaking of engaging, last question. What are the three most important ways to engage members? And this can be broad or specific tactics, you know, however you like. Look, I think the
1: three most important ways to engage members, the number one I would say is communication. It's a two-way street. Make sure you're talking to your members and your members are are talking to you. I think the second thing is providing relevant content. You know, relevant programming, engaging programming, stuff your members want to go to. So make sure, I guess that draws back to number 1 is communication. Are you surveying your members? Are you asking them what they want? Are you delivering what they want? And then I think probably the third thing is just making sure that you're finding different ways to engage. You know, like we've talked a lot about extroverts and introverts over our conversation today, and every audience is different. Every type of worker is different. And so having a variety of ways in which you engage, whether it be interviews or a podcast, short video clips, long technical webinars for, you know, those who really want to get into the nitty gritty, you know, having conferences, workshops, it's limitless in terms of what you could offer, but honing in on what's right to have that good mix of diversity in your offerings. So I guess communication, making sure that you're offering, you know, fun, engaging programming that's relevant, and then that you offer a diversity of programming as well to kind of You know, tick all those boxes because not every member and not every organization is the same, Um, especially for us at Niag, We've got everyone from nursing to engineers to the girl guides to, you know, you name it. It's a a wide umbrella of associations and not-for-profits. So they all have different needs, but making sure that you thread a central theme throughout all of them um, is really important.
0: So be well-rounded. Basically, basically, <laughs>
1: basically continue to be well-rounded. Um and that
0: note, I'm going to go have some chocolate to be well no, Just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. So that is all the time we have for today. Ashley, thank you so much for being here. Always a pleasure chatting with you. We have, we have another call really soon, right? Yes, we, we do
1: have another call very soon, but thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And it's great to, to be a part of this. So thanks again for having me.
0: And thanks to everybody for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to the Member Engagement Show on your favorite podcast platform. And as a reminder, I've just recently launched an association newsletter called AMP or Association Marketing Pros. If you're interested in signing up for that, you can find the link in the episode notes. It's only once a week, so it's not a lot of spam, but there's a lot of info included. See you next week.